encouraging, inspiring, and equipping leaders. This is Coach and Joe. Hey, everybody. Chad Norris here with Mike Hardegree. I am the senior leader here at the Garden Greenville in Greenville, South Carolina. We have a local church. Uh, we have a school that the father's building out from K through 12 that my wife leads called Garden Academy. We have a college mm-hmm. called Garden College. Mm-hmm. And then we have media department we call Garden Global. And this is just a podcast that we felt like the father was calling us to lead because we're noticing that the gardener, John 15, 1 through 5, yep. what he's doing at the Garden Greenville is raising a lot of marketplace leaders mm-hmm. who are falling in love with him and also serving him outside the quote-unquote walls of the church. Yes, It's kind of funny that we call it church the way we do because the Apostle Paul, if he could show up, he would probably define things very differently. We're seeing this church without walls. Mm-hmm. We're seeing this ecclesia being formed by the Father here mm-hmm. where the people who are leading out what God's doing here more and more are in the marketplace. They he, are. He's even decentralizing the staff here. Mm-hmm. I remember reading an article a while back from a business leader that said uh, when COVID started, you can pivot or get bitter. Mm. And I said, all right, Father, I want to pivot. So what do you want to do? And, boy, he's mm-hmm. just opened up our eyes to the need. Uh, the harvest is out there. The old models recruit as many people to come to yep. church. Yep. And now we're seeing Father raise people to go out. I am really excited about this conversation. I'm going to turn it over to you. I have been walking with you for a couple of years and I have heard from you often just in telling stories, stewardship, stewardship. It's all in the word. You've been faithful in a little. Now I'll give you this. I'd love to hear your own journey of how the father began to show you his passion for stewardship and his reward system for Mm -hmm. stewardship. When did that begin to burn in you, this message of stewardship? Well, um, financially, it started when I was in my 20s, I guess. That, Chad, there was just something in me to uh, to steward well financially. I didn't have a grid at that time for what that meant, you know, my, my spirit man. And so uh, actually financial investing became a hobby for me. And I've been uh, studying, researching, and participating in uh, the financial markets for 45 years or so, having studied it. Uh, So that's where it started. But along the line, as I've grown in the Lord and uh, and I've experienced him and grown in my, my knowledge of who he is and the special treasure that each one of us are to him, that uh, the stewardship then uh, really uh, refocused onto the the highest form of stewardship of my life is to steward the gift of hunger in me, and the greatest the greatest quest in life is the pursuit of God. The greatest quest in life is to know Him. That is it. And if that's the if that's what you steward, everything else will follow. Let's let's talk about finances. Mm-hmm. So we teach five capitals here, <clears throat> spiritual capital, which is, it's real. It's this thing. Mm-hmm. If I look at financial capital, it's easy to measure because you can see, you know, what do you have in the stock market? What do you have in your accounts? You can touch it. Spiritual capital is a little mm-hmm. bit different, but that doesn't make it any less weighty than financial capital. So we teach spiritual capital, relational capital, physical capital, intellectual capital, mm-hmm. financial capital. Let's talk about financial capital. Mm-hmm. What is your 
What's your definition of financial? When I say financial capital, hmm. if you when you teach it, what is that? Well, just strictly financial capital is just your bank account, your investment account, um, uh, the physical assets that God has blessed you with to steward. Why does Jesus talk about it so much, but the church doesn't? Yeah. I'm asking yeah. you. I don't know. Well, yeah, that, it's a good question, too. I haven't pondered it in that kind of a way, but Jesus talked a lot about stewardship, and I've, I've mentioned this verse to you a few times. Luke uh, 16, 11, to me, is a foundational verse in my life. Because Jesus said, if I, if you've not been faithful in worldly wealth, how can I entrust you the true riches of the kingdom of heaven? And boy, if that doesn't get you redirected and refocused on what the priorities are, then nothing will. What what's uh what's true riches? What's he getting yeah, in there? True riches. Oh man, you, you, you say it hour. all the time. We we have an hour. Yeah. Um, Seriously, take true, your time. It, it's 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 peace and joy in Him. It's healthy relationships. It, true riches is having a hunger for him that is just, it, it's insatiable hunger for him. That's where true riches starts. But having a great marriage, having teenage children that actually love you and aren't rebellious. Um, you know, um, I heard Bill Johnson put it this way one time. He said, uh, "Riches is uh, you can tell everybody at church, hey, come on, I'm gonna buy you, I'm gonna buy you supper after church on Sunday." Mm -hmm. True riches is saying, "I don't have any money, but I'm gonna take these two fishers and five loaves, and I'm gonna feed everybody with that, and uh, have that kind of multiplication in your life that's supernatural. That's true riches." I turned fifty this year, and so. I've been around for a little bit. Mm -hmm. I think if you said, Chad, you've been doing this 25 years in ministry, what do you think most people want? I could, I'm pretty passionate about this answer. I think people want peace. Yes. That's the first word that came out of your mouth. Yes. Um, what I, was the second one? Joy. Yep. Joy is, you know. Yes, right here. Uh, yep. Joy is one of the first fruits of the Spirit mentioned in Galatians. And it's one of the fruits that I think the church is really – not focusing on all that much. And uh, Jesus um, said in John 15, 16, and 17, uh, one verse in each one of those chapters that I have told you these things. This is his last discussion with the disciples in the upper room before he goes to the cross. In John uh, 15, 16, 17, he said, I've told you these things so that your joy may be complete. And in another way that uh, I think in verse six, uh, chapter 16, he said it, that your joy will be the same measure of joy that I have. I love it. And Jesus said it's for the joy that was before him that he faced the cross. Joy is something that's unspeakable and full of glory. And when we hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful yep. servant, enter into the joy of your master. If I'm being objective, joy, joy is a big thing. A lot of people don't walk in that mind. They, they don't. To me, it's one of the measures of a spiritual capital. One of the key measures of spiritual capital. I agree. Yeah. Obedience is definitely one, but joy is another. Joy is something you can't fake. No, you can't. Mm -hmm. And it's again, I know that spiritual capital, it's invisible, but not really because when you're around a joyful person, mm -hmm. you can feel it. Touch it, taste it. I had a friend of mine one time explain to me how the father had shown him spiritual capital. I thought it was brilliant. If you're in the room with the person that everyone knows is worth lots of financial wealth, mm -hmm. I've seen this before. 
that person makes other people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It's the same when someone's truly connected to the Father, their peace can mm-hmm. trigger someone else's discontentment. Mm-hmm. They can't stand it. Yeah. You can't fake joy. Yeah. Yeah. If you look at Paul's life, his journey, he's more content the older he gets in the Lord. Mm-hmm. In Philippians, he's in a jail cell mm-hmm. talking about contentment. Yep. I notice a lot of young leaders in the marketplace, the reason they're so driven towards financial capital, it's like any other addiction. We think that will give us contentment. Mm-hmm. Yet uh, suicide is a, a prevalent issue with wealthy people. It is. Addictions, yeah, bad relationships. Yeah. So that kind of blows mm-hmm. that out of the water. It really does, yeah. So here we are now back to spiritual capital. True riches. <clears throat> This is just hitting me. True riches. You don't hear a lot on true riches. What can you remember back in your life when that verse started exploding inside first, of you? First time it did, and it's some some years back, Chad. I was, it was actually in Revelation three toward the end, where Jesus said, "Buy from me true riches." Mm-hmm. And I don't recall which translation says it this way, mm-hmm. but buy from me gold that's refined. Buy from me white linen garments that are pure. Uh, but buy from me true riches. The true riches are only in him. And the true riches is what's in the kingdom, and that's the kingdom of heaven coming to earth. That's when you experience the true riches. I'm looking up on Blue Letter Bible. Do you know the Greek word for riches? No, I don't think I do. Um, There is just, there is something all over this. It's like a, um, let me see this. I tell you, it's, it's Yada and Gnosko. It's connection to God. That's where it all starts. Is that? It is, yes. And like I said earlier, there's, there's 5,000. I'm, I'm not being literal, but there are so many verses where God is, is telling us that if we will walk in Yada and if we hear him and obey him, that he wants to prosper us. In Jeremiah 32, there's a verse somewhere around verse 14, 15, 16, I think it's somewhere in there. No, no, it's up in the 30s or 40s. But it's he says, it's my delight to prosper you. I want to prosper you and uh, do well for you. God, that's God's heart for us. It's just like you with with your children, me with my children. Mm-hmm. When you're a father, you want to bless your kids. And you, when do you bless them? When you know that they can handle it, when they will be a good steward of it. And uh, so you trust them that way, but it's, the father's heart is the same for us. Did you ever uh, read Jack Deere back in the day? When I you, did, yes. I, I know Jack Deere well. <clears throat> my wife and I know him well. And he said something one time to me, and I thought, that is that is spot on. He said the religious spirit is the most difficult spirit in the second round mm-hmm. to deal with. The religious spirit basically says God does not want to prosper you in any capital. That's right. So the whole idea of metanoia, changing the way we think, mm-hmm. Matthew 4, 17, first thing that ever came out of the Lord's mouth was repent, metanoia. Yes. Uh, one of the big things that we need to do as business leaders is think the way God thinks. And perhaps some of us need to repent, change the way we think, I think there are a lot of people that are not really sure God wants to prosper us. Uh, I, we had this discussion in our marketplace class for Garden College uh, either this past week or week really? before. We had this very discussion. I asked, the, and there were 35 or so in the room besides those online, and uh, 
do you think that it's God's desire to prosper you, or do you think that prosperity can be bad or can be? What was the response? It was overwhelmingly negative. Yeah, that, that's what they had been brought up and taught. Yes, it, it, it was uh, at least sixty-five, seventy percent. That's not good. No, it's not good. But it gives us something to go after. It does, and that's what we did. So we live. You and me live in the South mm-hmm. of the United States of America. Mm-hmm. The religious spirit, I, I think, is the the buckle of the. If there's a worldwide religious spirit system, I mean, in this area, traditionally, in the history of this country, there's a lot of just religion. I can't tell you how many dreams are given to the leadership of this church and at the core of its religious spirit, religious spirit. Okay, let's take all that charismatic type language and, and bring it down to the, to a very elementary concept. Basically, religion, he's reminded me, the devil realized he couldn't defeat the church mm-hmm. early on. He just joined it. Mm-hmm. The devil wants to convince you that in all five capitals, God wants you to eh, maybe have a little bit, but mm-hmm. uh, nah. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that the Father wants us wealthy in all the capitals. He does, yes. <laughs> Not only wealthy, but abundance. That's the abundant life of John 10 10. I'm going to tell you what I've learned from you is um, you had great success in the marketplace, the Father just prospered you. I'm not so sure I would pay attention as much to you if you thought, well, you know, God really doesn't want to bless you in the marketplace. You say that abundance gives us authority to it talk gives, from it a gives us. It gives us influence in the marketplace. It gives us a voice. If you're not successful, no business person wants to hear what you have to say. But if you are successful, people are drawn to you. They want to hear what you have to say. And then the doors open with the authority that's given to us from heaven to bring transformation <laughs> to people's lives, to communities, to the companies we work in, the marketplace, what, what, whatever our sphere of influence is. That's t- what it's all about. I'm going to tell you a funny story, and then I'm going to ask you a question I've already asked you like <clears> 10 <throat> times, but they've never heard your answer. You'll, you'll know what question's coming. Funny story first. I got a, a phone call many years ago, mm-hmm. and a, a guy offered me to, to be a personal trainer. I was like, sure, why not? Well... This is a long time ago. Uh, showed up to meet him. He's more out of shape than I was. Oh. <laughs> and so Wendy's like, Chad, be nice. And I'm like, hang on. Uh, my personal trainer better look like a a vegan yeah. who just ran a marathon. You know, like Charles he, Atlas. <laughs> yes. So what I hear you saying is you need to be successful to have anything to say. Like, And, and I think that's what God desires. Well, it is his his desire for us, and and part of it is the blessing, but that's actually the smaller part. His intent, he is he's an intentional God. His intent is for us to have authority yep. and transformational influence in the world. All right, hard to agree. Here's the question: million dollar question. I've asked you a hundred times. I'm not going to say most, but a lot of people they start off really well, and then they start making a lot of money in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. They lose that spiritual capital. It starts oh. to go lower and lower and lower. Yep. And then, it, and then they, they just turn the attention. We know how it goes. Yep. Turn the attention to the money. What keeps a person uh, abiding in the Father and as the accounts start to increase, not giving in to the temptation to worship that? What is the key here? Yeah. You know, Deuteronomy 8, there's a verse that said, when, when you become wealthy, uh, don't forget where it came from. Deuteronomy eight eighteen. don't yep. forget that it's the Lord your God who gave you the ability to create wealth. Uh, but also don't forget about it and don't let it cause you to become cold hearted. Yep. So to me, the, um, 
the 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 great example for that is King David, and and it's my yeah. life verse, uh, Psalm twenty-seven four. David was king; he had all power. He was r- really wealthy. Mm-hmm. He was feared on the battlefield. He was a great warrior. Yeah. He was a leader of the mighty men who were renowned throughout the Middle East. He had everything in the world, but he said, "There's one thing that I desire. The one thing that I." cry out for with all of my heart yeah. is I may dwell in your presence all the days of my life. And when that hunger for God is, it's all about hunger yeah. and keeping your heart pure. Uh, it's uh, Proverbs four twenty three that to guard your heart above all else for out of it flows the issues of life. And it, to guard your heart means to keep it hungry and of course, pure, but if you're not hungry for God and pursuing him, because like I said, it's the greatest quest in life is to know God. And if that starts dimming in your life, you know you're on dangerous ground. You better recalibrate. You know what I think is a blessing in this conversation? A meltdown. Let's take Dave Ramsey, for instance. The best thing ever happened to him, this is out of his own mouth. Yeah. He lost everything. Yeah. So humility works a couple of ways. I can humble myself mm-hmm. or the Father will humble me. Yes. Uh, I'm getting ready to do some filming with Sid Roth and uh, I'm telling my story of my nervous breakdown and it's from breakdown to blind eyes opening. I tell you, I don't, I would never want to go through it again, Mike, but I had a nervous breakdown when I was 29 and 30. Uh, Paul talks about it this way, the, the cracked clay pot. Uh, all the father has to do is, is just gently remind us of the season he brought us through. And you stay in a place of humility to where you realize, okay, this is Deuteronomy 8. God, it was always you. Sometimes a meltdown can be a blessing. Oh, absolutely. And unfortunately, sometimes it's necessary. It is. Yeah. And can come from the hand of the Father. It, it comes from the Father to recalibrate our hearts and transform our thinking and to give us a new perspective, this metanoia you were talking about. And, and sometimes, Mike, in the mystery of life, I do not believe that the father struck your wife, Mary, with cancer. I do not believe Absolutely God blesses not. people with it. Yeah. But here you are years ago, two kiddos. Your wife is now in heaven. It's like Bob Jones told Mike Bickle one time. He said, boy, sometimes the father will prune and the devil will hit, and you won't know which is which. Oh. <laughs> but the byproduct of what you went through mm-hmm. was a brokenness. Yes. A lot of times people... They need to be broken before God can trust them with millions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What you got here? Um, about hunger. Okay. And it's, uh, there's a lot, so many verses, but Luke one fifty three is the one that was coming to mind. He has filled and satisfied the hungry with good things. The rich is sent away empty-handed. It's the hungry. It's, it's the, and how do we get hungry is by feeding on him more, not feeding on him less. Feeding on him more uh creates a ecosystem of hunger and thirst and yearning and desire and longing. It's uh, that Psalm 27, four verse, it's Psalm 63, one and two. Oh God, yep. my God, earnestly do yep. I seek you. It's Psalm 84 verses one through three. There's so many Psalms in there about longing and yearning and crave. Psalm 42 is a deer pants for water. So my soul pants for you. If you, if you're not hungry, if you're not longing and yearning for him above everything else, then you're on dangerous territory. It's time to recalibrate. Why don't you speak a blessing over our listeners as we close that that would never be the reality to go mm-hmm. the way of 
no hunger. Why don't you just yes. bless us? Well, Father, I just thank you for the gift of hunger, that there is a there is such a place, that secret place in you of yeah. Psalm 91, where if we will dwell in that secret place of the Most High God, that you will just impart and fill us with an in, insatiable hunger for you and for your word, because your word is you and your word is living and active. And I just bless everyone who is listening to this with that insatiable hunger and longing and yearning in their hearts for more of you, because the greatest quest in life is to know you. Indeed, that, Lord, is why you created us to walk in friendship and fellowship in Yadah, which is a profound, personal, deep, intimate relationship with our Creator. That's what uh, we long for, and I just bless everyone hearing this with that level of hunger that will not go away. In Jesus' name. Amen. Be blessed. Spread the word uh, about this podcast. Perhaps there's some marketplace leaders in your life that would love to join in on a conversation of what does it look like to be in love with the Father and also very, very, very successful in the marketplace. See you next time. Look forward to it. Thanks for joining us on the Coach and Joe Leadership Podcast. Don't miss the Coach and Joe Talk Show on YouTube and check out coachandjoe.com for more resources, blogs, and merch. We will see you next time.